0: My body is ready. All of this just works. It just works.
1: Who's laughing now?
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99, the red balloons episode. Of the Game Groups podcast, the all encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, the Goodnight Groups. My name is Matt, and today I'm joined by Paul, Josh, and Mike. Mike is back, but guys, let's get right into things instead of asking you guys how you're doing. They really do it on every podcast. I was listening to a show recently, completely irrelevant to the rest of the show. They could have just totally gotten right into it. It was like a one off about a special topic, and they still fucking asked how everyone was doing. It was just—it was awful. It was terrible. But instead, I want to ask everyone: What the peak of their week has been, Josh? What is the best thing that happened to you this week? The parents came and visited for Mother's Day. It
3: uh, was—it was a good time, both mine and Kayla's parents. It uh, was—it was a delight. Uh, We got to see everybody for Saturday and Sunday. Had a good time out Saturday. Was a nice low-key Mother's Day Sunday. It was just—it was a good day. We took it easy. It was—it was nice. You know. You still kind of get a little stressed with hosting, but you know it's all worth it just to see the parents. So
2: yeah, this is a good good weekend. Good weekend. Well, I'm just going to follow that right up because my peak was also Mother's Day at my parents' house. It was a nice time. We had a good brunch. We hung out for a bit. It was just nice seeing them, talking with them a little bit, catching up. It had been since probably Christmas since I last saw them, so it was nice. It was a good time.
0: Paul, what was the peak of your week? I'm good. Thanks for asking, Matt. Oh, sorry. I thought you asked me how I'm doing. No, I would never Uh, do surgery. They do that on every other. I thought I was on every other (laughs) podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. The peak of my week this week was actually, it was the weekend. Shout out to uh, Frye. Yeah. But it was actually not Mother's Day. Uh, It was Lord of the Rings marathon weekend.
1: (laughs) Uh, It
0: was pretty sweet. Uh, Rachel, my beloved partner, is a uh, big Lord of the Rings fan. Uh, Not someone who like watches it all the time, but like as a young person watched it all the time, like read the appendices, like read all the books, watched all the DVD extras, like watched it a million times, knows every word. So, uh, you know, every once in a while we do watch them. I grew up not loving Lord of the Rings. I just I didn't have any negative feelings necessarily. It just never grabbed me. I guess I just never I didn't see them in theaters, you know, so when everyone loved it, I was kind of on the outs. All my nerd friends were like, why don't you like Lord of the Rings? But I've kind of come around. Rachel's brought me around, and our friend uh, Jake came over, and we did. uh, We dressed. uh, He dresses in full Hobbit regalia, which was pretty incredible. Maybe I'll share a picture on the Discord. I don't know, but it's like it was a really good like thrift store Hobbit costume. Uh, He took the train out to to our place in the (laughs) Hobbit costume. He's like, it was really funny when we when we picked him up from the train, but like he was saying, it was a very strange train ride. Got a lot of strange looks, but uh, yeah, it was great. We we bought some cloaks. To wear with our little little uh, little leaf Lavlorian yeah crest things to, to clasp them. We ate all Hobbit themed food. Rachel made all these great meals, and we did like eleven Z's and second breakfast. And we, you know, we we ate you know like a hobbity foods. I, I don't know. You can get you can take from that what potatoes. you will. Potatoes. Yeah, we, you know what? Actually, I don't think we really ate a lot of potatoes. Wow. Uh, I know. I know it was it was terrible. Not a lot of taters at this meal, uh, but it was good. It was a lot of fun uh great to do and it was probably again like every time i watch them I, I like these movies a little bit more uh i just i just get into them you know i, I just it's a good test in attention span i feel yeah. like in 2023 i just i put my phone down i just zone in and it's slow and it takes some time a lot of the time but i, I really do soak it in and it's a nice experience once every you know couple of years
2: I could never watch them all on one day. It's just too much.
0: Well, it was, it was a day and a half. We, we did it like the night. Uh, so it was about like a you know 30 oh, okay. hours with okay. sleeping and stuff. But we did do extended editions. So it was uh, like a, a 10, 10-ish yeah. hour uh, affair. But uh, yeah, but it was it was not bad. We did like one and a half on one day and one and a half on the other day. So it wasn't it wasn't like in a straight line. I don't think I could have done that.
2: I don't think I love Lord of the Rings. I like it. I don't Same. love it. I don't love it. Same. I feel like there are so many things that the movies could have done better. I think they could have explained ah, really? how The Ring worked a little bit better, showed it off a little bit better. I don't know. It was, I don't know. I don't love them. Don't love them. Matt, I think
0: this might be your worst take. <laughs> Bar none. It's possible. I, it's crazy for me to be on a, a podcast of, of nerds and be the one who doesn't like Lord of the Rings the least. This is a new experience for me.
2: <laughs> I think that... Parts of the movies also just haven't completely held up. I know. I, look, they're they're good movies. The third movie is fantastic. I mean, that's my favorite best one. picture. For that's a reason. my favorite one. But yeah, yeah. Before I get into any more hot water with the nerds, I was I was watching for it. You know,
0: <laughs> the CG, like a lot of the effects, really not bad. Like n- no, nothing, no, no, not bad nothing at looks all. nothing looks bad. I guess you mean like maybe in some like just the the way storylines are kind of yeah. like, like, the way the way like the pacing of modern movies that yes. kind of thing yeah i feel you on that some of, the,
2: some of the some of the dialogue some of the pacing some of the cinematography just feels a little bit dated it is what it is it's fine i mean yeah. movies are a product of their time for the most part so it's yeah. not like i can't hold it against it
0: game grooves at gmail.com just uh, <laughs> in the subject line put fuck matt
1: yeah yep mike what was the peak of your week i got to get specter my dog out of his cone this week. Yeah. He's a an free dog.
2: Very nice.
1: Very Congratulations, nice. Spectre. He is, uh, he's happier and not trying to eat his cone anymore because he's not on him. And there he is. <laughs> there he, is. <laughs> <laughs> he agrees. Hey, I like that he still has a little high-pitched bark. That's cute. Uh, he has a high-pitched and a low-pitched bark. It depends on what he wants. Yeah. If he's yeah. angry, it gets very low and guttural. <laughs> And it's very, like, powerful. Yeah. It's very, like, resonant. But when he's like, hey, look at me, high-pitched and annoying.
2: Oh, yeah. Cause <laughs> he's, he's trying to be cute, trying to get your attention. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, I hate it.
2: <laughs> well, very nice. Let's move on to Show Me a Trends. In Show Me a Trends, I give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase. Speaking of Google, this podcast is now on YouTube, but it's going to be a week behind always. So... If you're listening right now on the old
0: boob tube, my tube, it's on my tube.
2: Yeah, it's on your tube. If you're listening oh. on your tube, but you want to listen to the most recent episode, you have to go to the link below and go to the podcast feed and then go to the discord as well and hang out with us. See Paul's breakfast
0: every day. And uh, it's fun. It's fun. This is what they call clever marketing. Yeah. Congratulations on that. That was smart. Put the Spotify in the in the the description.
2: Yeah. No, it goes to the link tree. It goes to the link tree, and then it's going to give you links to various different podcast platforms. Pick the one you use. Wow. Yeah. Can I give you money for this podcast? You could on slash goodnight (laughs) groups. You could actually get the show. I've been banned from
0: Patreon.
2: Oh. We're starting a (laughs) Substack. And show me your trends to give the panelists the beginning of a Google search phrase. From the company Alphabet, they have to tell me how the top (laughs) result ends by picking from three options. One is right, two are wrong. Searches are made in Google Chrome's incognito mode to get the pure standards possible. I actually do that in Firefox. I got to (laughs) be honest. (laughs) (laughs) Liar. We're going to play three quick rounds. Round one, are birds blank? Are birds real? Are birds mammals? Or are birds cold-blooded? I feel like people are
0: Googling mammals just because people are doing it. Are birds mammals? I had a recent moment where I did for a, a moment question whether birds were cold-blooded. Oh. But also Rachel had a moment recently where she also was like, aren't our are birds mammals? Oh. Just for like a split second for both of us. But I'm going yeah. cold-blooded because I,
1: I did trip me up for a second. I mean, are birds real? They're not. <laughs> they're not. Everyone knows that they're not. They're, <laughs> yeah. they're government drones. It's, it's our birds, real. Come on. It's a fact, Jack. I think the whole thinking
2: birds are mammals or cold-blooded for a quick minute is sort of similar to when you briefly think like, wait, are eggs dairy? You know, yeah. you know that kind of it, yeah. Which they're not, obviously. But but so many people, I feel like, oh yeah, eggs are dairy. It happens. Yeah. Don't milk the eggs.
0: Birds are tricky.
2: Don't tell me what to do to my eggs. (laughs) The answer is, are birds mammals? Are birds mammals? You know what's funny? The answer is no. I made up the one that's are birds real. I think it's because the old government is hiding it from the Google results.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it is a really popular subreddit. So (laughs) I'm surprised (laughs) it's not up there. Google complies with the US government when Reddit, I guess, does not.
0: Makes you wonder. Makes you wonder.
2: Round two. Is virtual reality blank? Is virtual reality safe? Is virtual reality the future? Or is virtual reality artificial intelligence? No. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) They're two different. VR and AI are both letters.
2: Is virtual reality a wooden
0: chair? (laughs) (laughs) They're both... Good job. Those both are computer things. <laughs> what was the first one again? The
2: AI one just like threw me off. Yeah. Is virtual reality safe, the future, or artificial intelligence? Is
0: <laughs> it safe? I think safe is the one because people hurt themselves. I saw I saw like an, uh, some dude's old uncle on TikTok recently wearing the goggles and he fucking dove headfirst into the ground because of the game he was playing.
3: Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to go with future because I feel like people are just waiting for it to like Hit the big time, whatever that is.
1: I'm going with AI because there's enough people that I know that are like, I don't know. I've worked for a lot of people that are like, we need to form a neural network. I'm like, you don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Get your goggles on. We're going to the, metaverse. I know buzzwords that make no sense. And Paul, what'd you say? Uh, I said safe.
2: Okay. The answer is, is virtual reality safe? Is it safe? All right. Round three is king charles blank Mm -hmm. (laughs) is king charles left-handed is king charles sick or is king charles coronation going to be televised
0: for all of us out here in the commonwealth countries who i know many people who (laughs) are really wanted to see this shit i think it's the is it televised also quick interjection just to say because i don't have enough of those They they made everyone take a moment out of their day on the coronation to swear allegiance to the king. (laughs) Wait, what? Hold on. Dude, like this dude clearly obviously was bullied as a kid and he's like, (laughs) I want everyone to take because initially, I guess like the gentry, like the peers um, would have to all swear allegiance to the king on coronation. Okay. But they were like, you know what? As a treat to all the country, the country people, we're going to let them also take a moment to swear allegiance <laughs> oh to God. me.
2: God. Wait, what is this? Wait, wait, wait. Did this happen in Canada too?
0: No, and no, no, no. We're our own country, but the UK, the UK. Right. Uh, they, but he is uh, they, your king. He, I mean, the, our head of state is the governor general, but the governor general is the king's representative in Canada. Okay. So, okay. I mean, kind of. <laughs> damn but we have a prime minister it's all ceremonial anyway point is um yeah just take a moment out of your day everyone and swear allegiance to your lord and savior the king charles king charles is on his joffrey arc uh
3: i I don't even know what to go with televised i think has got to be it though to be honest
1: i would guess televised i don't know why you would google anything else and paul you you you're saying televised i am the
2: answer is is king charles sick sick
0: there are people. People do. want will real bad.
2: Another option was: is King Charles ill? So it showed up more than once. Also, the coronation already happened, so it, did. it was
1: televised, but you're you're late. You're late. Yeah, I, <laughs> I was very confused, but I was like, didn't it already they're, happen?
3: They're not actually asking if he's like sick in like you know illness kind of way. <laughs> he's he actually
0: cool, dude. Shit, dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude is like King Charles like a fogey, or is he sick? <laughs> is he is he a street <laughs> skater, or is he vert? I need someone to let me know. East side or west side, King uh, John? <laughs> <laughs> Did you
2: guys see the video of uh, Katy Perry unable to find her seat at the coronation?
0: No. What
2: I, That's it's pretty a unique video. It was right. pretty funny. Also, she was wearing such a fucking big hat, half her vision was taken away from her. So, of course, it was hard to find your seat. Katy
0: Perry is a good example of like... Live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Like every, <laughs> like everyone hates her now so much, and it's just so funny to see that arc.
2: Let's move on. Paul, are you allowed to say this about the king?
0: Yeah, I okay. don't. We don't. The monarchy is is purely ornamental here. We're okay. We're okay. All right. Let's move on to the to the big question. <laughs> oh no! They're <laughs> away! No! Oh no!
2: The guy in a big hat. He's pulling him out of the. I room. swear
1: allegiance to the king.
2: <laughs> the bee feeder. No. <laughs>
0: Not the gin.
2: <laughs> they're called beef eaters, right? I don't know.
0: I know there's a gin called beef eater I gin. I never
2: understood that.
0: I don't know. Is that a, a, is that a weapon? I don't
2: know. <laughs> no, it's the guys with the big hats. They're beef eaters. Oh, are they? I think so. Well, probably
0: it's because
1: maybe it's like a gay thing. Oh. What? <laughs> I guess it doesn't have to be. Beef on both sides, baby. They're called beef eaters because they're permitted to eat as much beef as they wanted from the king's table there whoa is that true Mm Mm-hmm. so you're telling me henry the
0: sevenths you're telling me those dudes can just fucking when they're done their shift walk in to buckingham palace and just not Not in this late stage capitalist hellhole where they can't eat all the beef they want anymore they're just still working man
3: they just be walking into arby's having the time (laughs) of their life excuse me i'm a beef
0: eater so (laughs) load me up
2: they just get fucking like lunch meat deli meat slices now they don't get the full beef
0: yeah you actually it's it's good luck to to stick a deli meat slice in their mouth while you walk by <laughs> yeah. that's the only time they move is to open their yeah. their gob
2: it's also yeah, it's the only time they smile is when they're just, yeah they're, they're about gorging to gorging themselves they're, on they're beef. about <laughs> to
0: feast on roast beef jesus christ <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, they're taking me away again. <laughs> Just
2: stick a stick a lunch meat in his mouth. <laughs> Quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on to the big question. This week a variety of media outlets jokingly wrote obituaries for the metaverse. This comes as news about the future of the metaverse and other VR outlets appears grim. Companies like Meta, Microsoft, Apple and even Tinder have all recently announced that they're either shutting down their metaverse slash VR departments or drastically cutting them down. Meanwhile, while not completely flopping, PSVR 2 seems to have underperformed Sony's sales expectations. So guys, Paul, we're going to go to you first. Please. We started this podcast long ago talking about VR a lot in the early episodes because I think it was sort of one of those periods of time where... It really looked like VR was making strides. And there was a time on replay where Paul and I talked about VR headsets were selling really, really well. But now, Paul, here's the
0: question. Is VR dead? Short answer, no. Oh. Uh, long answer, no. No. <laughs> oh, uh, no, I, I don't think VR is dead, um, but I will go on. Yeah, I I think um, I was also thinking of that time when we were talking on replay. It was Christmas 2021, and yeah. we were talking about how the biggest Christmas seller was VR headsets, or it was one of the top items, and they sold like tons of money, specifically Oculus. And, uh, you know, that was a big deal. Now the tech bubble kind of burst, and we're seeing venture capital uh, dry up. And big tech companies uh, who way overhired during the pandemic are, I mean, this isn't news to anyone, are cutting the shit out of their workforces. Big all companies, but especially tech companies, um, often often uh, overcutting in favor of higher profit margins. Uh, and so Facebook is a huge uh, proponent of this. In fact, they keep cutting uh, over and over again. I think I think like looking at Facebook and looking at this version of the metaverse, Um, That we were promised, I think that's dead. I think this, like Mark Zuckerberg going all in, changing the name to Meta, I think, you know, that was obviously, it seemed at the time already that that was a a fumble and there was a lot of, you know, editorializing about how that was a bad move um, or they were going to have to have something damn great to back that up. They didn't and they haven't. And uh, this was all post COVID anyway, or post, you know, the knowledge of that happening. So it's not like, you know, they had great plans and then COVID fucked them up. Uh, maybe they did. But, you know, ultimately, I think that we we got what we got. And uh, there's there's nothing new tech wise. Now, I mean, we're seeing great stuff. We're seeing, you know, the the, the foveal uh, tracking and the the 4K eyes. We're seeing that kind of stuff on the PSVR, too, which is awesome. So there there clearly are kind of loss leading devices to kind of get you into certain uh, marketplaces or to get you into certain ecosystems, but yeah, I think no one's came up with that killer app. The closest we saw in gaming, anyway, was Half Life Alex. I think would be in a good argument, or maybe something like Bone Labs kind of stuff. What we see very little. PSVR two came out with you know Call of the Mountain, rough, uh, largely on rails kind of experience. Um, you know some of these other things like Moss. You know things that take advantage of VR but don't ultimately don't ultimately like put you in the game which is the big dream and i think the same thing with with metaverse stuff ultimately well yes you can sit in a weird metaverse office and talk to other metaverse people floating around and and you know and like staring at each other with your creepy metaverse eyes it it doesn't feel real but that being said i i don't think vr and and ar are dead um, I noticed you mentioned Apple, but like I, I didn't see I, I haven't seen any news stories. In fact, uh, on Apple being uh, scaling back on on VR. In fact, I've seen more and more rumors lately of like we're getting right around the corner of their headset.
2: I saw something. That's why I included them. Something as far as closing one sort of department, maybe opening another one. But some some part of it, Apple was lumped in there with all these companies that are
0: shuttering. I, I didn't read like the the, lament, the the joke laments of the VR so maybe there is some stuff that was in there but yeah from what I've been seeing there's been a lot of like scuttlebutt recently them opening up uh like filing new patents for what they call XROS which is going to be like their fully probably based on Mac OS like everything else is they're fully VR AR you know operating system they're they're hoping to ship I guess um we also got like the 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 tweets the kind of infamous tweet from Palmer Lucky of Oculus fame uh who tweeted the Apple headset is so good oh just um, two days ago. Whoa! And so obviously like Palmer Luckey is, I think he's out at Oculus at Facebook. He didn't really obviously, you know, manage to really, obviously it was a success in in a short term, but I don't think it has the long-term success they wanted it to be, to be like a disruptor. But it is interesting to see someone in the VR, AR space, you know, say this headset's so good and kind of come out with that. Now, again, Apple, neither Apple nor Meta nor anyone has really been able to confirm that he even has... (laughs) as an Apple headset or if there's actual testing or anything. So, I mean, could be some troll troll work or whatever, but it is interesting to see that and see some of these filings come out. There's a lot of rumors that this is going to get announced in June. Um, but the other thing about this headset is it's going to be uh, likely $3,000. Oh, my God. So this is not a consumer product. Uh, this is a pro product, probably, um, probably enterprise product. Um, do I think Apple has the ability to make uh enterprise metaverse work yeah i actually think maybe um i know this is a gaming podcast but i mean i think in that s- that sense of like that kind of goofy fucking zuckerberg metaverse where everyone's working in an office but it's all cartoon creatures flying around right. i think apple could class that up just a little bit and make that more functional they're not exactly like the software kings but i think it's possible for them um so that's interesting to see So I think on that horizon, there's interest there. But again, gaming wise, that's not really their move. Um, So I don't know if that's really going to go anywhere. But yeah, I think ultimately it's one of those things. Let's finish up here saying I think the tech is still really impressive. I think we're way too early. And I think everyone going all in on this right now in 2020 was a false start. Um, I think the I think the pandemic probably did um, just push back some of this stuff. Um, You know, I think. Uh, there's just a lot going on here. Tech layoffs, the the bubble burst, we're seeing, you know, less ability to develop a lot of you know delays and things. But also, I think maybe just some delays in innovation. And I think we're still off from this. I don't know when the date will ever be. I don't want to put a date on it because I think it's one of those things where the technology will exist before culture catch, catches up. Um, so like right now, I think we already have technology that can make VR, AR, more impressive but it's about getting people to want to strap that shit on their face um and i think the tech i think we're going to need to shift culturally to the idea of strapping shit on your face before before the soft before like the before you know what i mean like the software will be good first right but we're never going to get there until we get people comfortable wearing shit on their face and i i think Um, just from the mask (laughs) experience recently, it's hard to get people to put shit on their face and walk around and live their lives. Um, so I don't know. I I don't know when that's going to come, but I think like, I I don't think it's over. Like, I don't think just because this is going badly, it's over. I think that a lot of these things are going to move to the back burner and then you're going to see something disruptive come out maybe in five to 10 years, um, with, you know, probably people developing something smaller. I think things like, like meta, like Facebook or meta, whatever you want to say, um, in Um, aren't going to be the one innovating. I think they're going to be the ones they're kind of chasing. They wanted it to become a a viable consumer product too early. And I think there needed to be more R&D and more experimentation. And I think that'll still come. But it's, I don't know, move to someone else, but it's so weird, right? Like Google Glass, like that was almost functional like 10 years ago. I mean, it wasn't, but there was like a lot of- cool idea. There was functionality there. And the same thing with the, it's just about getting people to accept this stuff. To put this shit on your face. Yeah. And I I don't know when that's going to be, but I mean, the tech is cool. (laughs) I'll
2: jump in now because I have some similar thoughts and some opposing thoughts. Your thoughts are probably way more eloquent than mine just because you're probably much more knowledgeable about all the VR stuff. But I really thought that VR was still going to be something, even just a few months ago. I thought that it would continue to... Be a slow burn but that we would eventually get there and overnight there would just be this killer app for it and everyone would hop on and that's really all it was going to take but now it just doesn't look like that's going to happen like i'm starting to rotate toward a 180 from my previous opinion on this and i'd really i don't know if vr is going to last much longer at least in its current form something's going to have to it has to change somehow whether that's the way that it fundamentally works the hardware, some sort of killer app that changes the way that we view what VR can be. But the way that we currently think about VR, I don't think it's going to work out. I really don't think Meta's idea of VR in the workplace is going to happen. You said maybe Apple can do a better version of that. I just don't think that's ever going to be something that people want to do at work. I just feel like if people are going to do online meetings, it's just going to be Zoom. Like that's it's that's just so much easier. And you see people's faces and their reactions. But Paul, go ahead.
0: Just super quick. I forgot this was the point I was going to make was I think we're going to see something more akin to uh, less like VR and more AR, but even not even glasses, but more naturalistic. Um, I don't know if you guys saw, but I think uh, I want to say it's Logitech LG. There's a company who has this giant fucking um, like booth you can sit in. Mm -hmm. and it just you're sitting on a couch and you're looking into this like window and because of the way and then the person on the other side whatever country whatever place they're in is sitting in a booth with the window and due to the 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 depth mapping depth mapping and stuff like that it feels like you're sitting across from someone in the in the booth um not a hundred percent but it feels a lot more like you're in a place with someone and i think that like hologram vibe or like this like feeling of not actually wearing something, but it kind of existing in products around your space is probably more likely because again, people just don't want to wear fucking shit on their face. <laughs>
2: is there a video of that?
0: There is. I'll show it to you. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, that sounds really interesting. One thing that I do really think that VR has such huge potential for, and I and I do think people would be really interested in this, is one, again, we need someone with a very different outside-the-box creative mind to figure this out. but. Movies in VR. I still think games have a place. They just aren't there yet. Half Life Alex is the closest thing we've gotten, but they just aren't fully functional enough. But then the big thing that I think is really cool in VR and and could become a big deal is just being able to experience places around the world just from your couch, being able to sightsee from your couch. You can already do this in ways in, in VR. There are certain programs for it, and there are certain VR headsets that can do it but I just think that perfecting something like that as a service could be really interesting. I don't know, you know, in the classroom that could be really interesting. Even at, at some places of work, maybe like even like movie location scouting, if they could do location scouting in VR, that would be really interesting. Some sort of advanced, like Google street view, walking around in Europe without ever actually having to travel over there. Maybe they're scouting locations. I think that there's something cool about that. They could have potential. And I would love to do it myself. I would love to go see like the pyramids or like these giant waterfalls or whatever, just in VR and not actually having to to leave my couch. That would be really cool. But again, no one's going to get VR just for that. There has to be something else that you're getting from the VR headset. And the whole thing with Apple's $3,000 headset potential that could be announced in June, like you were talking about being a maybe a more professional setting type of deal. It would have to be at that cost. But again, there's going to have to be some really good uses for it. You're really going to have to justify an office or a company to be able to put the funds up for that because that's, that's a lot of money for a lot of companies. And is it worth it? Is that worth it? Like what can you get out of that? If they, if they're going to announce something like this in June, I'm very curious to see what they're going to show off for it because talking about a killer app you're gonna have to have one you're gonna have to have one for the enterprise space if that's if that's the case but Josh let's go to you next what are your thoughts on VR is VR dying in your mind this is something I probably won't have like a ton of
3: thoughts on just because I've I've still never really dabbled in it I've never yeah. really used it I don't think I've actually used it once aside from like the old-fashioned shitty arcade VR that's like oh wow really yeah like I, I just have never really had the opportunity to use it uh, no one I know has owned one, and I've never really had the opportunity to do the uh, phone one uh, either. But honestly, from from what it looks like th- for me, I just think they just need time. I just we're not there yet, technology wise. We've hit a limit, you know. We we've hit a border, uh, at least for consumers, uh, for it not to be for everybody right now. Like, yeah, if you if you have the money, you can you can go up there, you can get a pretty pretty expensive one. But the average person is not going to be able to do that, and we're just not there yet. To me. You're gonna you're gonna really get there when it's as regular as your cell phone, because that that to me is is gonna be like a cultural shift, kind of like Paul was saying. Like like remember how when people finally started releasing touch phones, uh, people were like panicked about having to touch the screen instead of having their physical buttons. Like people were freaking out about it. And then look at us. Look at all of us now. You you can't even imagine having buttons on your phone. I, I think it's gonna take a shift like that for people to really want to, to wear something like that all day. And I think it may be, even be the phone. Uh, once, once technology can get to that point where you're running insanely strong things through insanely small chips that are in your phone, it's just, who knows how far out that is. You know, I don't think we're there yet. I, I think people, I would agree. Everybody kind of jumped the gun, got a little too excited early on. Cause I was wondering like, when it was happening, it was like, I am just not interested in this. Like it just never grabbed me because there was just too much cost involved with it. Like I I have a decent PC. It's a little on the older side now, but like for the most part, like I couldn't use anything with it. Like in PlayStation VR is just, it's just a little too steep of a price point, honestly. And I think that's where you're getting people with it. Maybe I'll be interested in it one day. I don't want to, you know, say I never will. If, If it gets to the point where it's the better experience, cool, I'm down. Um, but until then, I'll be surprised. I, w- I will say, you know, everybody's so used to doing things online and communicating, and hanging out. And that's how I pretty much hang out with most of my friends at this point. If you could make it a way that isn't like goofy-ass VR chat and not like goofy-ass Metaverse with the way all that. Like, How did Metaverse think they could release like a 2006 animation and be like, this is great. People are going to love yeah. this. You've got to somehow make something photorealistic. And how, if you can ever get to that point, I think I think we'll really be seeing maybe people more more wanting to adopt it uh, instead of just you know you're on video talking to the other person you can more feel like you're actually there with them um, that isn't just you know shitty 3D art style but yeah that's a, that's just a few of my thoughts is it I guess to finalize put a, put a bowl on top is it dead no uh, we're just it needs a little time it's got to bake let that baby uh, sit in the oven for a while
2: and to be fair this iteration of VR is still a new technology. Like the Kickstarter for Oculus was back in 2012, which is, I don't know, we're coming coming up on 11 years ago. Like that's not a lot of time, especially for such an advanced sort of technology for it to, you know, things aren't going to, things in technology do move quickly, but for like a brand new technology, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. And of course the, the software for it, that killer app is always going to lag behind, but it, the clock is ticking. Mike, is VR dead?
1: No, no, not at all. I think back when meta was like announced and all this shit and I saw it and I was like, wow, it looks worse than VR chat. I think anyone who was (laughs) like, oh my God, meta versus the future was fucking stupid. I think it mostly spoke to like how out of touch, like the general investing populaces because i feel like that was mostly for investors and they're just like this looks sweet but no one has ever (laughs) like looked at vr i mean even when i was in business school we had an assignment where we were broken up into teams and worked with uh different companies and one of them was sony and it was for vr stuff and even then some of their vr stuff was really out of touch like a lot of the points that they presented on and then when we got to ask questions i sat there and i brought out my vr headset i'm like i use this pretty daily here's my questions because none of nothing that you said actually is reflective of how the shit works so facebook being chickened uh on on MetaVerse, not not surprised that shit looked awful and then with ps psvr2 I feel like the the adoption or the like low sales of PSVR2 is more reflective of like people don't have PS5s. And if you're going to go out and buy a PS5, you're not going to be like, "All right, I'm going to also drop 300 or what uh, however point. much it is." Like Josh just got a PS5. He's not going to go out and get a PSVR2 immediately. That's that's a lot of money to drop at good once. Point. Um so like I feel like that's more indicative of it uh, and to be honest, the state of, like, uh, Call of the Mountain and stuff, though it got good reviews, I feel like that's kind of backwards for VR at this point. Like, it's not driving VR forward and exploring how to use it in new ways. It's putting you on rails and giving you a VR experience, which is fine, but, like, it's not really what is going to push the market. And we haven't had a game like that in several years. And the reason why I don't say it's dead Is because kind of echo what Paul's saying, it's used a lot. So I work in engineering and I work in automotive engineering. And when I worked at my old company, uh, we had a lot of VR in the offices because the people who do like the design work, it's a lot cheaper and a lot more um, reflective of real life to model your stuff in a VR setting and see how everything works with like natural lighting and stuff like that and you can really get a sense of scale in vr they they still do clay models but they use vr a lot in their design work on the vehicles and even even people in prototyping they use vr a lot one of my friends who's an engineering manager is just like yeah i got to play around with vr a lot and we just bought like a four thousand dollar gaming computer so that we can support High quality VR. So that Apple $3,000 headset is going to be sold to engineering firms to use solely for like pro- prototyping because it's way easier to prototype in, it's way cheaper to prototype in software and be able to like look at it and move it around and whatnot, uh, instead of going out and getting, you know, it prototyped at a machining factory or something or outsourced to a machining, uh, spot or even. It's it's probably a cheaper investment to do VR than it is to have CNC machines or 3D printers. Because we we had tons of 3D printers for prototyping, and then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we'll just use VR. Um, so from that perspective, outside of just, you know, oh, you want to sit in an office with other people, stick this headset on, <laughs> I thought that was silly. No one's gonna fucking do that <laughs> like at all. I, I mean, there is there is a market for cyber co-working um i've seen it on like twitch and stuff like people stream just co-working streams where they're just sitting at their computer working and every like 45 minutes they have a 15 minute break where they're just like so how's everyone doing okay and then back to work and those are huge people want that feeling of other people around them and people working with them I find them much more productive when I'm watching a co-working stream because I feel like, okay, they're working. I should be working. I shouldn't be dicking around. So there is a market for that. I just don't think it's VR. I think people who... I, I think meta that was trying to push this VR workspace, VR offices is just silly. It's ridiculous. No one wants to do that. I mean, I don't want to see my coworkers half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I want to sit in a, in a VR chat with them you know like it's 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 just not it so yeah i don't think it's dead i i agree with josh that we're in a like let them cook uh phase (laughs) because there hasn't been much of anything and i i don't know what valve is doing valve hasn't given up on index two i know that but the steam deck has done so well that they're just like okay we're gonna focus on this for right now but You know, Index 2 still has its patents out and everything else. And like they have IP for it that people have found it exists. I just don't know when it's coming. And honestly, like, unless some other company does something new with VR or pushes the boundaries, I would probably put my money on Valve to do something more, another revolutionary step in VR, because that's usually what they do. They like to. Release hardware or release something. Steambox. Yeah, the Steambox. Jesus Christ. But they like to they like to release hardware and then release. They only really release video games when they release hardware to show off the hardware. Right. Like Half Life Alex came out to show off Index. That was the only reason, and that was the only reason we got another Half Life. So it would have to be they make an Index two. There's something crazy about it maybe more haptic feedback maybe more some way to you know more ways to immerse yourself into it and they release portal 3 and everyone's throwing up everywhere
2: (laughs) right that's sort of (laughs) that's similar to what i was going to say is that i find it interesting that there's so much money going into vr hardware but the software is just like junk outside of enterprise and professional stuff a lot of the software is just junk so I, I find it weird that developers are sort of ignoring that side of things
1: well i mean it's really expensive to develop a video game at this point like it's just getting exp like pretty much exponentially more expensive yeah. as time you goes want on your
2: returns for sure
1: and it's like it's already expensive to do a non-vr game why would i spend even more money right. to make a game in tools that my doves aren't familiar with it, it from an investment point it doesn't make sense which is probably why most people don't do it and most of your vr stuff comes from like indie doves
2: it's very much a, a chicken and egg situation because people aren't buying vr headsets because there's not software and software is not being made for it because people aren't buying vr headsets mm-hmm. so <laughs> something has to 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 crack first and it's it pretty much has to be the hardware side of things in order to get developers to actually start developing for it. But we'll see. Yeah. I think it's still going to be really interesting to to follow going forward, but I do, and I want to bring this up, see if you guys have any thoughts on this. And, and I know it's not the same technology and it's not the same developers, but I almost worry, is the public's new obsession with AI something that people are going to gravitate toward instead of something like VR?
0: I don't know if it'll be instead of VR, but I mean, AI is drastically more accessible, a tool and a lot more useful in about a million ways. I mean, AI can change coding, AI can change development, but AI can also, you can then take those things and extrapolate them to gaming. Not only will it make, potentially make game development easier or different at least, Um, but also it can be, you know, it's, it's a, it's a. It might be a cheap and easy way to, you know, layer in certain features to a game um, using AI that you may not have been able to do before. So, I mean, it's just a lot easier to get your hands on AI and mess with it at this point um, without needing any sort of special hardware, um, whereas you do for VR. So I think I don't know if it's going to take away from the VR crowd, but I do think AI will proliferate much more because I can go on itch.io and play games with AI in them right now. And I and I using my MacBook. <laughs>
2: I'll repeat this again. It's just insane to me that the whole AI thing just exploded overnight. I remember the, the first thing I saw was those Dolly drawings. Essentially, you give it like a prompt and it'll draw something. And then all of a sudden, there's like 20 AI chatbots. There's fucking commercials being completely made in AI. Like, like I saw like a beer and like a pizza commercial done in completely AI. It's like, what the? F- how does this happen?
0: A Sarah E. Maas uh, novel that just hit the top of the New York Times bestseller. The cover art is a is a wolf that was generated by AI that's like been noti- noticed in other AI drawings and it's been oh, called wow. out. They're like, wow, you're taking like fully there's like books on the New York Times bestseller list that the cover is developed wow. by AI. Like the images we're going to see in everyday life are going to be AI without even knowing it's AI. Jesus. And same with copy editing and stuff. You know, a lot of the stuff written we're going to start seeing is going to be AI without knowing it's AI. It's Crazy. Very different conversation, but wild.
2: <laughs> Josh and Mike, any quick thoughts on AI, people gravitating to it over VR?
3: I just think it'll just kind of run alongside it, if anything. I don't know if it'll have any direct effect, uh, but it is crazy. Like, just to your point on the how quick it grew, I never expected it to be so exponential. Like, one day we're looking at, aha, look at the funny watercol- watercolor Geralt. And then now it's like, <laughs> aha, look at this Drake song. Like, what the fuck? I, it's kind of terrifying, honestly, but I'm just, uh, you know, just try not to think about it too much, and hopefully you don't upset the AI too much
1: when they become sentient. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that AI is going to impact consumers, but, like, I'm positive that AI is going to help help game developers do more with their games. So, like, RPGs are going to have more. Uh, I saw this this the other day. Uh, RPGs having more dialogue options because AI can just generate reasonably sounding dialogue that an editor can then go back through and just pare down or fix rather than having to come up with everything on their own. And I think that's really cool that you can go back, you can have a massive, you know, 2023 game and have dialogue options, the potential for dialogue options like it was New Vegas right. without having to devote all that time and energy to it. I mean, even backwards, wow classic is now fully
0: voice acted. That's fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. Fully it's not voice perfect. acted. But if you but if you had
0: <laughs> if you had even a, if they wanted to, yeah. they could take even yeah. a modicum, like you said, of people and just backwards go in there and like clean up the bits that are messy. And
1: that's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, there is some interesting like I guess legal connotation or legal discourse with AI at this point, because there's gonna be a lot of push of what to do with copyright laws. I'm actually, I'm surprised, I, I won't be surprised if in the next like year or two, we get new copyright laws or revisions to copyright laws because oh, of that.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if AI writes me a screenplay, does the AI company own that screenplay?
1: No, it's not even that. It's the fact that like AI images, the way that AI makes, images is because it goes through the entire like a giant image library and steals steals parts of it that's the thing it's like if i if you write a screenplay (laughs) yeah and like
0: it was stolen from matt damon and like a million other (laughs) fucking people
1: yeah (laughs) it's basically plagiarism on a mass scale and it's like is this plagiarism is this allowed it's it's the whole issue with the drake song that's why i got pulled was because it's like hey you're using Drake's voice without yeah. his consent. Like it's, it's just weird. It's, it's very weird. New precedent that needs to be decided on, but you know, it is what it is.
2: Yeah. Well, how do you like them
0: apples? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say one last VR point? Sure. Um, which is just to say, I, I liked when Mike was mentioning how on like kind of coming up as well on like saying like, you know, horizons kind of on rails going backwards in software. If, if, I think if v r were to survive in its current iteration, especially in gaming, um they need a breath of the wild, yeah, um I think that's the only way yeah. that v r and its current iteration will work and i and I'm specifically saying breath of the wild too because i'm I'm just meant not to, but I mean as well, um just because um like it was a system seller for the switch and it's I mean I'm not saying the switch wouldn't have done well, but I think there's something about that new form factor taking it handheld, having that like kind of modularity i think having breath of the wild and that kind of creative feeling game on a kind of creative feeling system really meshed well and i think that's the same thing with vr it's a new platform and you need to see how creative you can be with the tools you have and they need something outside the box like that until they get something that feels like that it's not going to be there because if you would ship breath of the wild i don't care how good that fucking game is if you ship that on ps4 it would not have been anything like what it was on Switch. And I'm not even saying because the Switch makes it so, it runs so well on Switch, but there's something about that, like experimental hardware, I think that worked really well with that experimental game. And I think it's the same for VR.
2: Yeah. It needs, VR needs the AAA Boneworks or Bone Lab. Yeah. If, if Rockstar made a VR game, that would be the killer app. That would be it.
0: That's a random choice.
2: I think that would be it. I think when I think of who could make the killer VR app in my mind, it's Rockstar. It would take fucking forever, but it would happen. It would be them. Interesting. All right. Well, good thoughts. I'm sure we'll revisit the whole VR conversation sometime soon. So it's never going to be too far off. But let's move on to a game that we haven't played in a little while. The Score is Right. In The Score is Right, I give the panelists a video game title, and they have to give me their best estimate for its Metacritic score based on the best scoring platform upon initial release. Now, in this minigame, we use Price is Right rules meaning the one who's closest to the correct score without going over will win. We're going to play nine rounds, and we're going to rotate the order in which our three panelists make their guesses for each round. The panelist with the most close guesses at the end wins. So we're going to go Paul, Josh, Mike, Josh, Mike, Paul, Mike, Paul, Josh. So we're going to rotate starting with Paul first, Paul, Josh, Mike. All right. First game, tell me the score for Star Wars Squadrons
0: um well first off i just yeeted my pen off my desk um Um, secondly i'll be perfectly honest with you i don't know what game i think this is like an n64 thing
2: no it's a recent game
0: oh shit it's oh it's that game yeah oh i don't know 73
2: josh
3: (sighs) 78
1: mike uh oh, it's price's rate rolls, isn't it? Fuck. It is, yeah. I gotta do it to him. 79. You bitch. All right.
2: The actual score for Star Wars Squadrons is ding 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 ding. We have an exact score. 79. Hey. hey. You go to hell, Mike.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Very
2: nice.
0: Good for that game I've never heard of.
2: Yeah. It was it, it, funny enough. I think it had a it's VR, a VR game. Yeah,
0: that's oh. that's why, that's like, why I, I, yep. I know the name, but I just I didn't pay attention to what it actually. It's was. pretty good from cool. what I hear. I just it's a 70. It. I, I heard it got a 79. on <laughs> I heard <laughs> that's crazy. I
2: heard it's a VR game, but I think most people played it not in
1: VR. That's that's like most games.
2: Yeah. Next game. <laughs> Josh, your first
3: <laughs> The Witness what the fuck? What game even is this? Uh, you
1: know what game this is. What are you talking about?
3: The Witness. Oh my fuck! Why can't I remember this game? It's a puzzly game. It's a puzzle game. Oh, it's like it's puzzle exclusively game. puzzles.
0: I forgot what it was, but now you just reminded me what game it was. Yeah.
3: I fuck it. You've you know what? me it's,
0: stream it. I honestly, puzzle games go in one
3: ear out the other. <laughs> I'm surprised they even go in the ears. Hey, I. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to give it an 82. I don't know. Mike? 85. Oh, right. God bless oh. you.
0: Mm, I'm going $1, Bob.
2: The actual score for The Witness is 87.
1: Damn. It's a really good puzzle game. <laughs> I've heard good things, but I just wasn't sure It's what so it good. It's so yeah. fucking good. Critically acclaimed. <laughs> Apparently.
2: All right, yeah. Mike, we're going with you first on this one. 80. What is the score for The Long Dark?
1: Ooh. I'll say 80. All That's right. probably too high. Fuck.
0: <laughs> That's that dark one with like ice and stuff. I think it's got red writing really, on it.
1: Really, really long too. I've <laughs> seen
0: it on Steam sales. I
1: have it. It's, is is
0: okay. If I've seen it on Steam sales, I assume Mike has it.
2: It was one of the first games <laughs> I ever streamed.
0: Wow. Wow. Before Pumpkin Jack even.
2: I think it was the second game I streamed after Pumpkin Jack.
0: I don't want, um, I, I don't want, uh, Josh to overtake me. So I have to go close to Mike, but I want to be lower than Mike. So I'm going to say, I'm telling, I'm giving the game away. I'm going to say 77.
2: Okay.
3: $1, Bob. We're just going to ride it. Yeah. All
0: right.
2: The actual score for the long dark is ding, ding, ding,
0: ding, ding. It was actually one. It was one. (laughs) (laughs) It was one. We
2: have an exact score. (laughs) Worst game of all time. (laughs) It was 77. Hell yeah. yeah. Damn. Hell yeah. All right. Paul going first. Tell me the
0: score for Dead Rising 3. Oh, easy. Dead Rising 3 was 81. Josh. It's a
3: really good guess. Uh 82. Sorry. <laughs> you fuck.
1: <laughs> Which Dead Rising is this? Is this the one the in... third one? Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that. But is this the one without Frank? I have no idea. not helpful okay is this when did it come out can i have the release date at least too much information Mm, i know i'm sorry
2: (laughs) i barely know what the game is so it was 2013 too much of an advantage it was 2013
0: Okay,
1: so this an is an the Xbox, Xbox release. One release. Yeah. Okay, I know which one this is. Oh wait, yeah.
2: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold, hold on. Because like I, Duke I'm pretty sure on Metacritic it's Dead Island three, but I'm on Wikipedia right here and it says you Dead you said, said Dead Rising. You said Dead Rising. Okay, hold on. Right, it's it says it came out. It
0: says it. It says it's two, and it came it is out this year. Also,
2: 2013. Also, 2013. <laughs> Matt hurt himself in confusion.
3: Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> same year.
1: Oh, man, that that game was not great. What were the numbers that you guys said? Because now I forgot. I said I forgot 81,
0: everything. Josh said 82. I'm a bastard. Ooh,
1: ew. Uh, $1, Bob. Smart move.
0: Yeah, that's probably <laughs>
2: it. The actual score is 78.
3: Fuck. <laughs> that's, such a, that's such a solid 78 game. I should have known. Yeah, I was thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah, should have known 78. <laughs> the God classics. Known. <laughs> I, I, I knew Dead Island 3 was going to be like that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I about just had a stroke. <laughs> Josh, tell me the score for Doom twenty sixteen. Ooh, uh, uh eighty
3: seven. Mike, fuck,
1: that was what I was gonna say.
3: I think someone's getting a like direct get, direct answer on this one. Eighty eight.
2: Okay.
0: I hate to do this, guys, but my gut from the very fucking beginning was eighty nine. All right. We'll see where it lands. The actual None of us score
2: is... Ding, 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 ding. Wow. It's like a Russian God, roulette. Who got it? it? 87.
1: 87. Boom. Wow. Motherfucker. Nice. <laughs> Josh, I'm literally Gordon. going to say 87. I'm so mad.
2: Mike, tell us the score for Until Dawn. Oh. Ooh.
0: Until dawn, it's gotta be like eighty-two.
2: Is that your guess?
1: Yeah.
0: Fuck. That's a good (laughs) guess. That's a really good guess. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say seventy-nine.
2: Okay.
3: Oh shit! Those are both really mm, eighty. You fucking little (laughs) cunt. You, you, I was gonna go one dollar, but the 79 forced my hands. I sorry. thought it might, I thought it
0: might. It was too tantalizing, <laughs> even for you.
2: <laughs> the actual score is ding,
0: ding, 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 motherfucker. What the hell? 79.
3: Jesus, hey, there it is. Damn, this man. is
0: never this is, I don't think we've ever gotten this many exactly right in one game. <laughs> you guys are doing
2: good. This is fun. All right, last round of three here. Okay, so, we're so going
0: involved. into the end here, Mike has three, I have two, Josh has one. I could tie it, or uh, Mike could take it away. Or Josh could tie with me. That's All the- right,
2: three more games. First one, Paul, tell me the score for scorn.
0: It's scorn, a big lump with knobs. Um, pff, I don't know. Let's see. Scorn, ugh. This game was not well liked. Had a lot of technical difficulties. Was short.
2: Oh yeah, it was short, wasn't it?
0: I'm giving the game away. I'm saying seventy-three.
1: Okay. Josh. Seventy-five. Mike. I think it's a solid seven out of ten, baby. Seventy.
2: The actual score is. Ding 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 ding. What the (laughs) fuck? That's crazy. Despite Mike not going for one, the actual score is seventy. Wow. Yeah. Why
1: didn't I go for one? I know. I don't why know. You,
0: go for one? <laughs> <laughs> you could have. Yeah. No problem there. I literally
1: anyway. like you said the game. I'm just like I'm pretty sure it's 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 like imagine 70. It was imagine it was six, <laughs> imagine it was like sixty eight and you're
0: like why <laughs> oh <God. laughs> what have I done
1: why didn't I go
2: for one who knows all right next game Josh you're up I thought you said this was the I thought
0: you said that was the last one the last round of three. Oh, sick! Okay, so we can uh, oh, I shit. come back.
2: Yep, yep, I'm fucked, but good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are.
2: The game is Ghost of Tsushima.
3: Oh, boy. Uh Ooh. 92? Ooh. I couldn't remember if it was a big boy or not. It might be in the 80s, but who knows. Mike?
0: 88? Oh. The temptation to go in the middle is strong, but I am going to stand steadfastly and say $1, Bob.
2: Alright. The actual score for Ghost of Tsushima is 83. 83.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Great game, but... It's a bad game. Bad game. Confirmed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think if it were re-reviewed today, it would do better. I think it hurt that it came out right after Last of Us Part Two.
0: There was a lot of hype, too, on the graphics and the look, and I think that hurt it when it actually came out for not being, like, everything everyone
1: hoped and dreamed it might be. Right. Are you saying that reviewers are impartial?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Final game. Mike, you're going first. Tell us the score for
0: a ukulele. Jesus. Oh, God. I wish I were last in this one. I'm jealous of Josh. I just say one to whatever anyone else said. (laughs) (laughs) 65.
2: All right. Paul? Fuck.
1: Such
2: a good guess.
0: Sorry, are we talking the game or the instrument? Just double check
2: the uh the instrument actually
0: all <laughs> oh, right oh, um i stand by six it six and a half <laughs> so six five. Yeah, same same answer um fuck this is so hard like i was if i go too close to mike josh is gonna jump over me just for useful well i don't know though he might be going low i am gonna give mike a fighting chance here i'm gonna say 69
2: nice josh bastard
3: y'all are you know what i'm gonna go one dollar why not
2: all right the actual score for ukulele is seventy-three. Yes, damn how I
0: did a little better. I was I was hedging that bet.
2: Seventy-three. I was shocked that it was in the seventies.
0: Matt, we need a tiebreaker. Mike and I are tied at four.
2: Oh god. Okay, so <laughs> tiebreaker. Um. Okay, here's here's a good one. I need each of you to tell me what you think the. Um, Okay, how are we going to do this? Are yeah, you going to both how we do this. Say it, just say your scores at the same I'll do 3 2 1 and say your scores at the same time, okay? Sure. You're giving me the user score?
0: Oh, fuck off with user score. The user That's not how we do it.
2: For Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. <sighs> okay.
3: And I'm I'm so, going to let them go ahead since they're tiebreaker.
2: So give it a give it a little bit of a thought here and then in a in a few moments I'm going to say 3 2 1 and then when I say go you're gonna give your scores at the same time, just so that we can't, uh you know, we can't have any, uh any cheaters. All right, your scores—they're ready. Okay, mm-hmm. on
1: go. Wait, 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 wait—is nope. it—is it no, no—is it—is it still Prices Right or is it? I think it's to closest, it. whoever's it. closest. Whoever's closest, yeah. whoever's closest. Okay, that will change how I'm guessing. Yep. Okay. yep.
0: <laughs> same.
1: All right, you got
2: five, four.
0: We're not saying the scores at the end of the countdown, are we? Two,
2: no. Okay, one. Okay, you have your scores. Okay, at the end of this countdown, on go. Three, two, one, go. 98.
1: Eight and a half.
2: Okay, so Paul said nine point eight. Yep. Mike says eight point five. It's an eight point seven. Mike wins.
0: Wow. wow. Damn. I was too. Fuck it was off with that. I don't know what
2: users think. <laughs> 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 I yeah. I don't know. It's a little bit lower than I thought. Although I mean, eight point seven is a great high score. high for user score, yeah. It's just, I feel like there's probably some ones in there for people who are just like hating for the sake of it.
0: More, more like Legend of Zelda Nuts and Bolts.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on. We're going to move on to the water cooler. We're going to take a quick break around the water cooler to discuss the games that we've been playing this week. Paul, let's go to you first. I want to hear what you've been
0: playing this week very interesting question, Matt. Yep. A very interesting question. What I've been playing this week. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't play a lot of games this week. Honestly, I really, really wanted to get back to continue playing Red Dead. Oh, I played some exciting stuff actually. I I tried, I, I want to get back to Red Dead, but I never had the right moment. Um, but I'm still, I'm still in it. It's only been a week since I last played. So I'm not, I haven't fallen out of the current groove I'm in. I just had a bit of a break, especially because of Lord of the Rings marathon. But I actually did want to try some Game Pass stuff. And right. so I launched up a game that I never thought I'd play called Wolong Fallen Dynasty.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't believe you played that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's a surprise. Okay.
0: I just, I wanted to play a Souls-like, but I didn't want to pay any money. And uh, I wanted that kind of vibe. And uh, so, yeah, I fired it up. And I was actually treated with, I don't know if, has any, have any of y'all played any Wolong Fallen Dynasty?
2: I haven't, but I know it's basically like, it's a different take on Neo, right? It's it's from Team Ninja, right?
0: I don't know. Someone can, no, Mike is nodding. Okay, yep. I don't know anything about Neo either. But anyway, um, I (laughs) loaded it up. I was treated with a very nice character creation screen. Holy crap. The character creator is so cool. Um, it was a little it got a little in the weeds for me with like a ton of sliders, which I wasn't crazy about. But I didn't even expect to have a character creator. I thought I'd just be some mean mugging um motherfucker ninja. So yeah. it was kind of cool. I actually made a very beautiful woman, and she is super ripped and just really badass. And she has like a sick ass like hair bun bow thing. It's really cool. So I made her really <laughs> awesome. And I was like, "Yeah, all right, she's gonna she's gonna be there." And of course, and then I realized after I made her like blonde and white, and I was like, "That hey, probably wasn't the right move." But uh, she's just gonna come and save Asia with yeah, her with her white savior go. saviordom. But anyway, um, I got in there and uh, I had fun. I played for about an, an hour and a half, maybe. So it's not a, a lot. It's not. I would definitely say this is is a review in any way. But yeah, it was interesting. I've never played a game. Um, I, I know. That I know it's not a souls like, but there is like a lot of dodge, uh, you know, smack, smack, get the fuck out of there. You you have your, your potions. You got to revive them at your little, your little stopping points. Um, and you know, level up into things. It was, it was cool. Um, I was enjoying that factor. Um, I did get down. I liked to, you could kind of change your gear out, get different weapons. I got this big motherfucker pole arm thing, um, which was really, really cool. And yeah, it was awesome. Uh, but then, uh, I quickly realized this was not a game for me. um, I, I, you know, I died a bunch of times like super early, which I was fine with. I actually find that like when I play games like this and I die a lot, it gets me hyped, which makes me think I might want to play, you know, some kind of more difficult souls like game, but you know, I kept pushing through and and learning the moves and learning how to play a bit more. And then I got to like the first like trial boss (laughs) and bro just kicked my ass, like absolutely fucked me like 10 times in a row. And then finally I, I pushed through, I learned some like combos. I learned to parry better and do these like shield breaker things. And I was using magic and I killed the boss. And then that turns out it's just phase one um, before he goes berserk mode and just like really kicks my ass. And then he like one shot me. (laughs) And I, I was even like going back and like trying to find like secret paths to try to level up a little bit more. But like, no dice like I think you just have to be good anyway I don't know but I I failed to that uh, second form a couple times and every time I had to restart from the beginning which I could barely do so anyway I don't know Um, I'll I'll say basically my point on this is that I probably won't keep playing Wolong but it does make me consider as, as hilarious as it is it makes me consider like playing like an actual Souls game or something I don't know like I'm still I still have Dark Souls remastered on my list I still have Elden Ring like on my wish list, like stuff I might want to play. And maybe I will play those things. And I know this isn't like a direct kind of game like that, but I don't know. I do like that. Um, But yeah, I don't know if I love like getting railroaded into this motherfucking boss. So maybe something like Elden Ring I might like more where I can choose where to go and, you know, mess around a little bit more. So I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that, but it was really interesting. I didn't think I, I went out of my comfort zone, like we kind of talked about last week on the pod, played something I never would have played. Yeah, and it was pretty fun. I actually had a good time. I just don't know if it's like in the short span of the life that I have, if I'm gonna like really, right, you know, put a lot of energy into Wo Long Fallen Dynasty. But uh, it did kind of make me think I should try more things like that. You know, more actiony, difficult uh, combat games. So yeah, that was cool. Correct
2: me if I'm wrong, but I think those Neo games and Wolong Long are much more gear dependent because they're like loot pinata versions of a souls game. I think so. Maybe that was part of it.
0: Yeah. I I think that was it. I think I had to like grind out the dudes more and like, and like get different loot or something a bit more before I even tried to fight this guy. Or I should have like maybe optimized my, my gear more and I just kind of put on whatever was sitting there. So maybe that that's probably is the case too. So I might even maybe knowing that I might even, I, I, I haven't uninstalled yet. So there's a possibility I could go back. Um, I do really like like the visual style is really cool and and uh, the enemies and stuff. So maybe maybe I will. It was neat. Yeah. So that's something I played. What else did I do? I played a bit of Fortnite. Uh, yeah. Nothing like super interesting. I don't think we played, uh, did
2: we? We didn't play, but we did just hear the bad news today.
0: Yeah. So I will say, like, I did play a bit this week, and it's been fun. Uh, did a little bit of solos, just kind of doing some battle pass stuff and and goofing around and just chilling, which has been nice. You know, I find it a very good relaxing game to play solo. But the bad news is that uh, you know there's been a lot of changes to the game. Nothing major, but like you know, they added ranked play, which is awesome, especially in zero build. But we noticed that there wasn't a zero build ranked trios, uh, and Matt today realized there isn't a trios at all.
2: Yeah, trios are getting removed in all game modes, which sucks because that's all Paul and I play. For the, I mean, Paul plays solo sometimes. Yeah. But when we play together, it's basically always in trios with our other buddy, Spencer. So that sucks.
0: Yeah, it's a big way we play. I mean, we used to play in squads and we just like ditch a person who poor person who was stuck in her squad or, you know, we could no fill and, you know, be three against four groups, which is groups of four, which kind of sucks, but like it is an option. So, I mean, it's not like we pop, you know, we'll probably never play Fortnite again, but I think you know, we had a really nice groove playing in trios and it was nice to do that. And it feels like a very senseless thing to remove. Um, I actually going to look more into that because I haven't had a chance yet, but I'm pretty disappointed with that choice. Um, Matt, I know you said, you know, you think maybe it's possibly due to like player spread and like just limiting game modes so that they can have better matchmaking. Um, it's not, I don't think what they said, but what your guess was, which I think that's super yeah. logical.
2: Yeah. They haven't given any reasons yet, but the fact that they're, they're adding a new game mode with ranked, I think in order to do that, they felt like they had to take something away in order to be able to funnel players into the game modes. Otherwise players were going to be too spread out. Matchmaking times may have started to take too long at the same time. I imagine Fortnite is losing a bit of their player base. I don't think they're at the peak that they once were at. Not that there's no one playing Fortnite, but they aren't at the height that they once were at. And, As soon as you start losing some players and you have a million different game modes, matchmaking can start to take a little while and they want to avoid that. So what do you do? You take away trios, probably your least popular playing mode. So it sucks, but it is what it is, I guess.
0: Yeah. Um, But yeah, kind of a bummer. It doesn't really, uh, you know, it's just kind of a take, just having something taken away with no major explanation is disappointing it's not out of the realm i think for epic and Fortnite in general just to make like unilateral decisions like this that are kind of random and weird um but we'll see i think it's possible that that's something that might get reversed at some point but i hope so we'll have to watch but uh yeah that that, i think that's mostly it i played some Fortnite. i played some wolong um i did just reinstall uh life is strange remastered which i still haven't played yet i bought it around the holiday season And uh, I haven't gotten around to playing it yet, but this is my time of year for Life is Strange. This like May, uh, you know, spring turning into summer uh, vibe. So it's very possible. I don't know if I'm going to have the time right now, but I'm I'm in a very like, (laughs) I hate to say it, but like, I'm kind of in this like, you know, contemplative, sensitive mood right now. Like nothing Mm -hmm. too crazy, but just kind of like the mood where I'd be receptive to just kind of like get sucked into something like this. Um, versus sometimes where I might be like, oh, that's like kind of goofy and dude, whatever, you know, they're saying silly stuff like shock bra, I don't want to play this, but like, <laughs> I think I'm in the mood where I could get sucked into their, their story. So, um, as Rachel would say, I'm in a real Pisces mood. So, so yeah, so I think, I think this could be the, the time for that. So I may be talking about that next week, but, uh, hopefully a lot more games next week in general, um, because I'm hoping to get some real gaming done, but I think that's it for me this week.
2: Well, very nice. I'm glad that you went out of your comfort zone, tried something new right after we, had just talked about that sort of stuff on the podcast. It's cool.
0: I was inspired.
2: Yeah. Mike, let's go to you because it's been a little while since you've been on the podcast. Obviously, you've played a ton of stuff, so we're not going to go over everything, I'm sure. But I know that there are a few things that you have been focusing on more than others. But Mike, let's let's hear. What did you play recently?
1: I want to talk about a game that's never talked on the podcast. Wow!
2: <laughs> yeah, World of Warcraft. No, I, I
1: really don't, what's that? I really don't want to talk about WoW at all because there's nothing interesting to say about it. Um, I'm playing. But you it. are playing a lot. I am playing it a lot less than I was, but it is happening, so it's fine. Hardcore mode is hardcore mode. It's it's good. It is good. No, I'm gonna talk about my next uh, big addiction also known as a gambling problem also known as uh Honkai star rail yeah game from genshin devs it's really fucking good and i hate that it's really good because it's a gotcha game and i hate gotcha games but i'm having a good time with it it's a lot deeper than i expected it to be it's better for me i think Honestly, like at this point it has shown that I just don't like open world games in general. I I can't be bothered with limitless exploration at this point. And I like that they have maps that have clear boundaries and clear paths to walk down. And it's like, oh, I can just go through the, the level and find everything because it's, it's in a set, area instead of let's go exploring this vast countryside um i think it's a lot more for me at least it's a lot more friendly than genshin in the fact that like i've finished everything that there is to do with this update there won't be more content until i think six weeks but it could or no i think three weeks but it could be also tomorrow i'm not sure they're (laughs) they're dropping a new character tomorrow but i don't think it comes with any actual game content which is fine cuz there's still plenty to do in the end game it's just with genshin the thing that you had to do was go in fight bosses do your dailies and log off um that that's basically what you did and it gets very repetitive for me at least with genshin it gets very tiresome because you have to go like go find x amount of things on the countryside and you have to go explore and find it and then come back. It's like, okay, that's, that's a slog. With this, it's the same thing in the sense that like you have daily things to do. You go do them and then you go do like your, your daily lockout things. So pick your bosses that you want to try to farm stuff off of. And then once you're out of energy, you're just like, okay, there's not much really else to do unless I want to pay money. And that's fine. But with Star Rail, with the fact that there's an auto battle system... And the fact that like a lot of the dailies take maybe 15 seconds to do, I find it easier to stay engaged with long term because it doesn't feel like I'm logging in to do chores. It feels like I'm logging in to progress my character and it takes me like 15 minutes, maybe an hour. I could do a little bit extra, which is like go through all the maps and kill all the enemies, which sounds daunting, but it takes like an hour.
2: Is this turn based?
1: Yes, it's turn based.
2: So this is very JRPG dungeon crawler type game that.
1: It's like Persona.
2: Oh, okay. So yeah, classic classic JRPG.
1: Yeah. But like with the auto battler and everything else, it's just it's super easy to just log in, do my stuff, log out. I don't feel like I'm slogging through shit because I can easily just go to like a boss that I'm farming equipment for, dump all my energy into it, fight it x amount of rounds and just put it on the auto battler and then go about my day and do other things on my other screen or watch something and then you know see what loot i get and then you know call it like the the daily grind of the got the daily gotcha grind is much easier and friendlier than it is in genshin because i don't have to be fully into it whereas genshin it was like okay i gotta go fight this boss and then i gotta fight this boss again tomorrow and i have to fight this boss again tomorrow it's not like i can turn my brain off and go fight it i have to like legitimately fight it which is annoying and takes time whereas the auto battler is just okay i know i'm gonna win this fight so auto battle and i'm gonna go do other things and there's a two times speed option as well so like it goes super fast I don't think it's actually two times speed. I think it's like three because normal speed feels like it's going at half speed. I don't don't know how to describe it. Like normal speed. If you look at it, it looks like you're going in slow motion. It's it's more telling when you look at like how they how they move their weapons around, like their weapons move really slowly. And I'm just like, is this at half or three quarter speed? Because (laughs) this can't be full. But yeah, it's, super it's so that fun. they
2: can then later on sell three times speed or four times speed.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that'd be unnecessary. The The speed boost right now is so fast. But yeah, that being said, I really like it. It's kind of off putting that there. I'll say this there. There's a character in the game. There's two characters in the game. Uh, one is named Hook and the other is named Clara. They're both precious and must be protected at all costs because they're literal children Mm -hmm. and it's not like your usual they're you know nine thousand year old dragons right (laughs) Right. they're actual like like hook might be seven years old and clara might be 10 and i'm just like you're putting them out there and they're getting the shit beat out of them and i'm just like why is this okay (laughs) but they're great characters i love them clara is like a really good Five star and hook is a really good four star. So I'm just like, yeah, they're great, but they're precious. Also the game is very Mimi full on goes into the campy humor that like an anime does and does not care. Whereas Genshin took itself way too seriously for me that I was just like, I don't care anymore. Um, Like some of the things that your protagonist says are just snarky and sarcastic and also just like plain old stupid sometimes. And then one of the main secondary characters of March 7th, she's also this, I'm a silly anime girl and like very much knows that she's a silly anime girl. And yeah. it's, it it's just, it's, it's peak, it's peak comedy at times. And there's no Paimon, which is already like 15 points up on my, on my review score. Cause Paimon's awful.
2: Who the fuck is Paimon?
1: Paimon is the main, like, person you (sighs) paimon in genshin like escorts you throughout the entire game paimon is the first thing you meet
2: oh that character
1: Yeah. yeah and paimon is annoying their version in honkai is pom pom uh the main positive about pom pom versus paimon is pom pom is rarely voice acted
2: There you go. But
1: also Pom Pom's just hilarious because he's like I don't know. He's just hilarious. Uh he he's an he's a neat freak and he every day you have to go you there's like a quest to go talk to him, but it doesn't give you anything, but I do it anyways because I just want to see what he has to say. I don't know, he's silly and I love him. He's great. Yeah. And also my luck in Honkai has been off the charts. Uh, me and my buddy have... My buddy's been playing it more than me, and I have more five stars than him and have gotten way more... F- like, my my pulls have been great, and his have been awful, and he's just like, what the fuck?
2: Is there any sort of multiplayer or co-op, or is it just all single player?
1: Um, It's all single player, but you can... Uh, similar to, like, AFK Arena, where, like, you can send support units.
2: Oh, okay. So it is. it is basically a prototypical gotcha game that just has yeah. a 3d space yes okay yeah
1: and like i won't lie the animations in the 3d space are very lacking like you're basically walking to other player to other npcs that are just like a posing okay in space <laughs> yeah. for the most part like it doesn't look off-putting but like it reminds me a lot of like if kotor was like Full on turn based, where when you interacted with someone, got into a battle, you went to a different screen. It reminds me heavily of Kotor, honestly, like Kotor and Kotor two. Just the bat, the fighting doesn't happen in the 3D space. You go into a, into a separate like oh, fighting yeah. arena, like yeah. Final Fantasy or or Octopath. But it's good, it's real good. Would recommend because it's very generous early, much more generous than Genshin was. So. And also, fun fact, the community is, if you go to r slash Rail, it's just all memes. Nice. The entire community is just memeing. And one of the memes I saw the other day uh, was, I'm the captain now, one of those memes, because the five star that's currently on the banner for pulling, on, on release, she she has overtaken the most money. From a Genshin solo banner, so the most money that Genshin that that oh, wow. miHoYo has ever made from a banner has come from Honkai Star Rail, not Genshin.
2: Holy shit! Wow, and
1: it's been out for three weeks. Jesus.
2: <laughs> it's interesting that you say that because the AFK Arena subreddit is to like all memes as well.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very wholesome community
0: i think a lot of gotcha games have those have a lot of memeing because there's a lot of like w- i'm getting fucked so it makes <laughs> yeah. me want to like commiserate yeah. with it it's yeah. like very
1: much like the wall street
0: bets kind of exactly. community too of like we're all getting totally dicked yeah. yeah yeah
2: well very good josh what about you what'd you play this week boy
3: oh boy do i have an interesting one today gentlemen oh world of warcraft no uh <laughs> I, of course, played that board. I'm going to talk about it. There's not much more I can add. Uh, Honkai Star Ill, I played a little bit of it myself. I played probably three, four hours worth or so. Uh, the music is banging. The story is solid. And uh, the combat is turn based, but Persona pretty much cured me of that. And it's fun and quick. Uh, so, I mean, I, I like it. It's engaging enough. It, it, it's not enough to turn me off, basically. Um, so, so far, so good. I don't really have a whole lot more to add to it right now just because of the other one, uh, the other game that I have. But yeah, it's been interesting. I, I like it more than Genshin so far. Genshin lost my attention probably about hour three. I, this so far, I mean, I haven't really got to experience uh, a whole lot of the rolling and the uh, more gambly aspects of it quite yet. But uh, I'm sure I'll get there at some point and I'll be able to kind of find out what it's all about. It seems to be a little more fair than uh, Genshin is sure. for sure probably not going to be dropping nearly as many thousands uh I, it makes me wonder if i i just kind of wonder why they were a little more generous with this game than uh genshin maybe they just said we don't want another genshin but why not you've got so many whales but who knows but yeah that was a honkai star rail anyways the the, the other game i'm a i'm a big goofball y'all uh tears of the kingdom uh, oh oh shit I'm gonna go through. I I, I I'm gonna kind of gonna give you a rough shot. Pro cons. What I've enjoyed so far. I'm probably sure. played about three and a half hours, roughly. I, I played it during Mother's Day when everybody was taking naps and we were all just chilling out for the remainder of the evening. It was super chill. I just it it, it hits me. It hits me Whoa. right. I'll I'll say that the the game feels a little bit better than Breath of the Wild. Uh, me and Mike were having a discussion about it, funnily enough, about feel. And how Breath of the Wild just lacks some sense of, like, control. I just never feel like my characters... It just feels really floaty. It's not super tight. Uh, And I think they've shored a little bit of that up uh, with Tears. Because it feels a little tighter. The controls seem a little better. uh, And everything just seems to flow. With your abilities, your attacks, shooting. it, It all just seems to have a better feel and glidiness to it. It, I always felt like I was struggling with the controls in Breath of the Wild. I picked them up a lot easier in Tears of the Kingdom. So that off off the rip I noticed and was a, a for sure big pro for me. Honestly, one of the biggest pros is has gotta be that they just took all the fun things from Breath of the Wild's control system uh and just made it like a mainline system in the game. I mean you can do obscene shit and I've not even done half of it. But one of the main things they have is you can just grab anything. Like, it was just, you know, everybody had fun with the gravity that you could just uh, grab metal things with, throw it around, move it in Breath of the Wild. That was probably one of the more fun, you know, game mechanics that they had. So they just said, fuck it. (laughs) You're going to get to grab everything, move it around, and attach it and do crazy shit with it. I was initially worried um, because I just, I literally just said, fuck it, bought into the hype and just went for it. I was initially worried that one thing I wasn't going to like was just not being creative enough for certain uh, tasks and not being able to finish certain things. But it's actually really, really engaging in that way because you can have the people who come up with the incredibly smart and well-thought-out plans or you can have the big dumb idiots like me that just want to brute force their way through a particular puzzle and you can find a way to do that. It might be stupid. It might not work the first couple times, but you can do it. You can find a way because the game just gives you those tools. To be able to do it. It, it, you're no longer just constricted to complete this basic Zelda puzzle. The elements of the puzzle are there, but you have all these other mechanics that allow you to complete it however you want, which is almost a puzzle in and of itself. That's more fun because you have more control over it than what the devs just kind of said, "Hey, here it is." Uh, it's just it's been really, really engaging in that way. And I'm just on the first fucking Sky Island with some of these like t- with some of the tutorials, the uh, you know the new controls. Like I spent. I mean, I had one of the funniest moments I've had in a minute. I put five mine carts together, put three or four fans on the back of my mine carts. There's a big hole in the mine tracks, but my thinking was, fuck it. You get a long enough one, it'll eventually catch the other side, and then it'll be able to inertia its way up because it's attached. That didn't work. There go all five of my goddamn mine carts, myself included, right off the goddamn Sky Island and to my death. It was just, it was, and normally, you know, when I died in Breath of the Wild, I was just pissed off and upset. It just hasn't bothered me as much in here. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's grabbed me a little differently. I I think it really is just an, a control and feel thing too. Now that all said, there are still a couple of negatives that I've had with it. and uh, Namely the one that everyone is talking about. This should not be on a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> uh, there are significant frame frame issues. Like it is... Notable, like you're hitting 20 frames and stay in there for a little while. On some occasions, I wouldn't even advise someone to play this in handheld mode. It looks like shit. I mean, hot shit. I, I, if you, I, mm, I, I, I lack the words to describe wow. how bad it is. It is, is it? like pixelated, huh. way oversaturated and bright because that's just the art style. But it, it looks terrible, pixelated. Like, I, it looks like a 360p YouTube video to me. It it just is not good out of docked mode. In docked mode, it's a little bit better. It's still, the art style obviously gives it a lot of leeway, a lot of help. But for the most part, you know, it, it's it's still slow as shit. You have your really ugly stinker moments. Uh, and it's it's really unfortunate. I don't know what you can do. I think they're not going to move on from the Switch anytime soon. Uh, so what do you do? Like, what what the hell do you do? Like, I just feel like they're so limited by this shitty, awful hardware. Oh yeah, you have an incredible game here from just from you know, by all accounts with the reviews and such that you could have d- gone even more limitless if you had even a slightly more impressive console fucking ps4 level
0: i was gonna say something like this on like even like a ps4 pro or something fuck the ps5 just like something yeah that could like can you imagine this that'd be crazy something that isn't a mobile device like that would be fantastic
3: and I, yeah. I, i it would be different to me the reason i think it really sits wrong with me is because of how bad and unplayable it is in handheld mode it completely neuters one purpose of the console you bought it for. So why the fuck that I get it in the first place? If I'm not going to be able to play games on laying in bed, I accept the fact that it's not going to look as good, but to me, it's unplayably bad uh, as far as, and so that to me is a pretty big fucking knock on it that I don't think people are hammering enough.
2: If you got a switch Lite, that's your only way to play.
3: And I feel for somebody that's going to have to play like that because they are just, you're not going to get the best experience. I'm sorry. It's, it's going to be shittier, uh, which is, which is a shame. The weapon breaking is still in, uh, but it's not as egregious because of all the uh, different ways you can fuse and change your weapons. Uh, it's just it's so unique and cool. It, it It's an added variety to a system that was broken, but the added variety at least gives you a little more fun to play around with it, and you feel less bad about breaking it because you get new shit, and you can just... It encourages you to try and play with new things so you don't give a shit if you break a sword. Or you're on to the next thing that you can experiment and have fun with. It's just... On the whole, just three, four hours in, it's just such a wholly more positive experience than Breath of the Wild has been. That's just general first impressions. I, I actually am impressed. It's got my attention. Uh, I'm ready to play more. I, I'm, you know, being a little more patient with this than I was Breath of the Wild. I just I think it's a wholly improved game. Uh, and I'm having fun. I'm gonna keep going at it and yeah, I'm I'm glad I picked it up.
2: You were talking about the graphics a little bit earlier and i was watching a review yesterday and link was fighting trees or something like that like the trees came to life and he was fighting them and when they died they like fell apart and the branches looked like elwin forest branches and i was just like this is 2023 this is not impressive
3: (laughs) it's embarrassing it's like gamecube like shit it's it's bad
2: especially in handheld i mean it's rough i can totally see how like at certain times when you're looking over certain vistas or, and whatnot, the graphical style makes it look awesome. And then at other times, when you're really up close in certain situations, it just looks bad.
0: But I was gonna say, I feel like with like this is like the most forgiving graphical style they could choose, too. Right? Yeah. Which is even fucking crazier. <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's still
3: struggling, like chugging, chugging.
2: I will say, I was talking to Ross last night, one of our former guests, a, our only repeat guest, and command prompt on YouTube and he was talking about how, because I was saying that the reason why I don't like breath of the wild much is because I need some sort of direction in my open world games. I need, I need to be told what to do. Otherwise it's just too open ended for me. And he said that that's actually something they have addressed in tears of the kingdom because that was an issue that he had as well and he feels like Tears of the Kingdom does give you more direction. Can you speak on that, Josh, at all?
3: I agree. I do think there's a lot more direction. The the main quest is telling me where to go uh, and giving me advice on where to go. They they wanted Breath of the Wild. It lives up to its name. I'll give it that. It's exploration out the wazoo, and that's what they wanted. Great. But yeah, I'm with you. I thought it was disjointed. It's part of the reason I quit playing Breath of the Wild is because I just... Where the fuck do I go? What do I do? I'm in this high-level area now. Like, what's going on? So, no, I think Tears has already done a better job of it, even just in the tutorial area. Like, the tutorial in Breath of the Wild is dog shit. The one in uh, Tears is way more involved, but not in, like, an overbearing way, and it just does a good job of explaining things to you, especially for someone who is maybe a little more green to Zelda games, like, you know, someone like me.
2: Well, very good. I'm... I'm likely to try it at some point, but I don't know if it's going to be anytime soon. And it's not like it's ever going to go on sale, so I'm not going to be waiting for a sale.
1: Mike, you have something to say? I've got a hot take. Oh. (laughs) Granted, I haven't played it. Granted, I understand that it's like a good game. But based on like what you've been telling me about like it looking like shit and not being able to actually operate properly, essentially in handheld mode, I feel like. I don't usually give a shit what the graphics or anything looks like when I'm like reviewing a game, but I feel like they should get docked really hard because this is a game from Nintendo and they're charging $70 for a game that doesn't work on their own system.
2: Yeah. You bring up a great point. $70 Nintendo. You didn't release a new console.
1: Yeah. Like (laughs) I, I feel like that's egregious and they shouldn't be rewarded for it at this point. Like, I've said since day one on the podcast that Nintendo's one probably one of the most consumer unfriendly companies in video games. And this is like exhibit a <laughs> here, pay more money for this game that works shittier than the game before it.
2: <laughs> yeah. And look, cool. like I, I don't want it this to be like a, us all standing around Tears of the Kingdom hitting it with bats or whatever. But,
1: <laughs> oh, I'm not hitting it with bats. I'm hitting it, the company yeah. with bats. <laughs> but,
0: but the thing is like... They're holding back their own game.
1: Let's also be honest. Yeah,
2: it's I, I know people... Listen, I'm not going to say it's Breath of the Wild 1.5. I'm not going to say it's Breath of the Wild DLC. I understand a lot of work went into creating new game mechanics that are being used in Tears of the Kingdom. But look... It looks very similar, and you're charging $70 for it. You didn't release a new console. It doesn't run super well. The console
1: can barely run it.
2: (laughs) It just doesn't. That feels bad. It does not feel good to me.
1: It feels like it should have been a launch title for a Switch Pro or Switch 2.
2: Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Maybe because like how Breath of the Wild was on Wii U and ran like shit on Wii U, well, maybe... Switch Pro is coming soon, and there's going to be a Switch Pro version, and it's going to run a little bit better.
0: Oh, the copium.
2: Oh, that'd be wonderful. But I'm glad to hear that you are mostly enjoying it, even though there are some issues that, like, look, these were issues that you knew you were going to have anyway, so.
3: Yeah, like, I it was going to be slow, and the only egregious one to me was just out of dock mode how bad it looks, but yeah. fuck it. I'm just going to keep playing on the on the couch all cozy, so that's fine with me. Fuck it.
2: Well, Very good. I think my wife is going to be happy to play this game. She really likes Breath of the Wild, so we'll be getting this one soon, I'm sure. All right, well, I have quite a bit to say about one game. I, I, I won't try to ramble on for too long, but I played Final Fantasy VII Remake more. I finished it. I finished the game at just under 30 hours. Overall, the game felt very Kingdom Hearts to me, which... Probably makes sense. Same director, Tetsuya Nomura. The characters are neat. They're great. The combat's phenomenal. The combat is really good. The setting and world are interesting. The graphics are awesome. I really did enjoy the linearity of the whole thing. But, like Kingdom Hearts, the particulars of the writing for the story and the dialogue are highly, highly suspect. They're just not good. They're confusing as fuck. They don't make a ton of sense. There's quite a few, not even really plot holes because they don't even really matter that much. It's just like things that you just ignored that you didn't have to, like little annoying things like that. And that's why overall, it just feels like the same experience you would get from playing a Kingdom Hearts game, which is fine because I think overall, they're mostly good games. It's just, you have to know like, the story's gonna be confusing. The dialogue's not going to be great, and it is what it is. And look, overall, I I liked my experience. I like Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm excited for Rebirth, coming hopefully in in, this winter. So I'll leave it at that. But I also played the intermission DLC, which I beat in in about five hours. And I actually think the writing, and specifically the dialogue, is much better in this. It comes across as like a sort of silly funny anime at a lot of times but like in a in a good way and normally for me that might be like saying that it's not for me but i actually really liked it here so the main character is like this very over-the-top goofy clumsy anime girl but it works here it works because the character is she's younger no one else in the story is like that it's not like everyone is acting like that it's just her and and it fits because she has this partner. He's kind of like the straight man in the operation. So it, it actually works. It feels purposeful. It doesn't feel like they're just putting in this silly, goofy anime character just because they want to appeal to those sort of people playing this game. She's actually in there, it feels like, for a reason. And it makes sense. And I really like the pairing of her, Yuffie, and her partner, Sonon. He's older, but she's technically the more experienced ninja. It's kind of cool. It's like this really... Interesting brother sister relationship. And then because you have this relationship going on, it also makes the combat really, really interesting. Yuffie can do both melee and ranged attacks. So you can attack from far away with also magic and physical. So you can do two things. And with your party member, instead of switching to them, you can't switch to them. But instead, what you can do is you can initiate a synergy. So you're synergizing, which means you're Going to be attacking together, and your attacks are going to do more damage. Your ATB meter is going to go up slower, but you're going to do attacks together. And then also, you if you you know you can turn it off, and then they sort of act as a tank if you set them up properly with the right materia and with the right attacks. And you can command them attacks. You just can't control them for their normal whatever their normal like ranged or melee attacks are. But you can give them commands. And I think this really makes it interesting interesting because the combat is completely different in that way from Final Fantasy VII Remake. It's the same system, but it plays completely differently, especially with the Yuffie being able to do melee and range at the same time. And I just think Square does a really good job with their DLC because they make it worthwhile. They actually make the game feel different. They add to the story. The gameplay changes. They do a really good job with their DLC. And, and building on that idea, intermission has this really neat little mini game that's sort of like Warhammer meets a MOBA meets a tower defense. And they've done this before in in previous games with like, they've had, they had Blitzball in Final Fantasy 10 triple triad. I think that's been in a few of the games. It's like a card game, but this one, which I said, you know, Warhammer MOBA tower defense, sort of like clash Royale. It's called Fort Condor. And so you unlock this feature really early on. And of course, as soon as I unlocked it, I just spent all my time running around challenging everyone. I love RPGs that have this sort of, sort of thing, like Witcher. I love Gwent. Assassin's Creed Valhalla, I love Orlog. Horizon Forbidden West, I didn't play a ton, but I really loved Machine Strike, which is the mini game that they have in there. So I love when they add these sort of things to RPGs, and I wish there was more Fort Condor to play. They're really... You can maybe do it for like an hour and a half, two hours, which is actually a lot of the playtime of the DLC, but there's only so much you can do, and then you run out of opponents. But it's fun. I really liked it. It's fairly shallow, and I don't think it would work as like a separate game. Like you can very easily... It's pretty easy, and you can easily cheese it, but it's good stuff. And I just, I just really appreciate... I'm glad that I played the DLC, because I appreciate that Square made it such a different experience than the main game. And it's hard to say that I recommend the DLC over the main game because in order to enjoy the DLC to its fullest extent, you would have to play the main game as well. But I think it's better than the main game. And it it really does make me even more hopeful for Rebirth because I think they're going in the right direction. And overall, my whole Final Fantasy VII remake experience was awesome. I'm so glad I played it. It had been on the periphery for me for a really long time and it was one of those things where I was just like I don't know it's a, it there's quite an investment there and I don't want to I don't know if I'm going to like it but you just you wait long enough and it becomes free on your fucking PlayStation and you're like okay I'll give it a shot and and I loved it. So, it's good stuff.
0: You would play anything if Jim Riot shoved it down your throat.
2: Yeah, yeah, give it to me, Jim. I played a couple other things very quick. So I started Star Wars Jedi Survivor. I only just started playing maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours in. Movement feels really fluid. I will say I'm very thankful that the main attack button is the same that it is in Final Fantasy. Otherwise, I feel like I would just be so confused. Like my wires would be so cross going from one game to the next. But it's working out really well. There are... I'm, I have had a few... Frame starters, which I found weird because I know that the game has had technical issues. It just feels weird being on a PS5 having frame starters for a game that looks really good, but it's not the best game I've ever played. So I thought that was kind of weird. Although it hasn't been like egregious. It's not happening all the time. It just it was noticeable at like maybe two or three times. I think I'm gonna play more. Final Fantasy 15 is really calling me, and I thought that this was gonna be like a palette cleanser between Final Fantasy games because it's only like the main main story in star Wars Jedi survivors only like 16 hours. So it's very doable over like the course of a week, but I don't know. I don't know, but we'll see. I'll report back next week. And then one final note, the Diablo four server slam. I didn't really play it, but I am happy to report. I installed it for this very reason. I'm happy to report that my upgrade to 16 gigs of Ram with that. I can now perfectly run everything on high graphics. That's all it took. I just had to double my RAM. I didn't play any more than that. I just wanted to test the new specs. I'll be playing the game in a few weeks. I'm going to have that four-day early access or whatever it is, so I can wait. I didn't want to do the beginning story parts again for like the fourth time, but I'm looking forward to it, and especially now that I can run it perfectly on my PC. I feel like I've played a lot lately. I've done a lot of gameplay on the console lately, and it felt good, felt good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to get back into the swing of single-player
0: games. Well, single-player games are happy to have you back, Matt.
2: Yeah, I'm sure they are. All right, let's move on to a brand new segment. It's called the soft spot. In the soft spot, I'm going to ask the panelists and myself to name a game that they have a soft spot for that received a generally average or poor critical and audience reception. I'll go first just to give the guys a little bit of an example. My soft spot is for Ghostwire Tokyo because <laughs> I feel like it needs to be brought up. but needs to be defended. I let it hang last week, but now we're back, and I'm going to talk about it just very briefly. I love Ghostwire Tokyo. I totally, totally see all of its faults and why it's not a great game, but for me, it was just so cozy. I loved being alone at night on the streets of Tokyo in the rain. Just a really cozy game, good time. It was good vibes for me, despite the fact that it's kind of a horror game in a way. <laughs> it was still like good vibes for me. I don't know. It's just it was good. It, it it gave me it gave me what I needed at that time, which is I guess I played it almost a year ago now, and you know it, it was just it was one of those things I needed the rainy vibes, and it was able to provide that. I also think the combat, although repetitive after a while, is really satisfying. And the animations for it are just fantastic. Like, the hand movements are really impressive. So I'm excited to see what Tango does next, you know, outside of Hi-Fi Rush. Not not super pumped about that, but whatever comes after that.
0: I'm excited to see what Tango does next, except what they actually did next. Yeah, I don't yeah, want that, yeah, yeah. but like a different next. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that was more simultaneously, not just. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, sure. I, I think, I saw a rumor that their next game might be open world, which is Kind of intre- an open world uh, fantasy RPG, I want to say, for some reason. I don't know. I could You're be just doing, doing everything. Everything. <laughs> everything. Fuck it. Sure. Paul, what's your soft spot?
0: Uh, my soft spot is in the back of my head. Uh, I was dropped as a baby. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. It, I could have been. Could have been. Know. But yeah, soft spot for me, this was a tough question. I bandwagon a lot. I yeah. play a lot of games that are popular, or if anything, the soft spot is that I play a very popular game that like a lot of people think is like... Kid, like something like I oh I love Fortnite is that a soft spot because everyone loves it but like 12 year olds love it so it's like is that does that count I don't know um the answer I chose here was a game that you know didn't have a ton of reviews but I did find some reviews from back in the day and that is my beloved Doritos Crash Course 1 and oh, 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I had to dig a little deep. I could have said mobile games or stuff that I love, but honestly, Doritos Crash Course, um, you know, got somewhere around a 70, uh, early seven, low 70 uh, score on Metacritic back in the day, back in the early 2010s. And Doritos Crash Course 2 did not have a Metacritic score. but it have a 6.1 user score on Metacritic, which, you know, not great, not great. But I love those games and i think a lot of the negativity was around yeah it's fun but it's kind of like whatever and uh you know it has kind of a. it's too difficult but that is what i loved because i just memorized these it's like it's like (laughs) why i think i would actually probably love a souls game um and a lot of other games is because i just died a million fucking times and i memorized all of the ways to do everything and i forced myself through all these ridiculous fucking balloon obstacle course and moving (laughs) moving platforms and all this dumb side scroller jumping i think you know what it is it's that it's good to have a good opponent and the friend i played this with the most was like insanely competitive and so we were both like really intensely competitive but i don't know whatever it was i love those games um it is a great great pain to me that doritos crash course 2 is actually off of the xbox live server and has been for years i think due to licensing issues um, with Doritos or with something. Um, but yeah, kind of a bummer. And it also is a fun add into that because it was an Xbox Live game, uh, like an arcade game. You also like played as your Xbox Live avatar. So that was kind of fun. So like when I saw myself cheering, it was me. I don't know, man. I just thought those games were such a such a great time, such a stupid thing to play when friends came over. Um, but it then you quickly realized who was like an intense gamer and who would get extremely mad. That they weren't like, you know, that they were playing against psychopaths who played it hours a day and they don't play that many video games. And they're like, fuck you. So I'm going off on a tangent, but bring back Doritos Crash Course. I'll buy, I'll even buy Doritos for it. And I don't even like Doritos.
2: It was kind of like Fall Guys before Fall Guys.
0: It was absolutely Fall Guys before Fall Guys, but also with more like pinpoint precision, I feel like.
2: (laughs) All right, Josh, what's your soft spot? Uh
0: i have such a boring
3: answer but fuck it i've got a good explanation i'm giving it to a uh, battle for azeroth whoa I, because you know what hell yeah dude fuck the people that think battle for azeroth is a bad expansion yeah okay it wasn't as good as legion i will concede that 8.1 battle for czar you had a decent expansion upon the war campaign it's pretty solid, pretty fun Mythic Plus season. Boom, you leave 8.1, you got 8.2. Literally one of the best patches the game has ever had. Like, Mechagon was insane. Like, it was actually one of the just the coolest places to just explore, find all these new, unique things. They just basically threw the kitchen sink at Mechagon just, just to see what would work, and it was just a blast. The ridiculous powers you got in patch 8.3 were just fun as hell. The raid was... Nihilotha which was cool yeah a shame it was wasted in just a raid but you know it is what it is and I mean you know what some of the ridiculous abilities we got in 8.3 with the uh, what was it cursed uh, cursed and empowered or some other bullshit it was just ridiculous and fun yeah BFA wasn't pretty or perfect but it was out there it was wacky whoa
0: cults is one of the greatest continents that blizzard has ever made it was beautiful okay (laughs)
3: <laughs> hold on. Hold on. So, Mike just said in chat, tell Kayla to get the copium out of your vape pen. See, here's the thing. VFA <laughs> truly is a wonderful expansion. Yeah, Shadowlands was really bad and it was a stinker, followed by another stinker. But I will still sit here and defend it until the day I'm dead. So, yeah, the VFA. Also, honorable mention to uh, the Mass Effect 3 ending, uh, specifically.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: I feel like BFA has the cheerleader issue of it's surrounded by actual shit.
2: Oh, yeah, that could be. Could be. <laughs> Mike, Mike, what's your soft spot?
1: Uh, Heroes of the Storm, six point oh. five out of ten. The classic. That's, that's, that's crazy one. that that's that that's low. Actually that's actually such a good game. Yeah, it, that's that was its original score from IGN to the point that the devs put it in as a spray and a banner and so much like 6.5 in a hex was the spray and banner and it was hilarious yeah um it didn't it didn't get good reviews at first and they flipped a lot of it and switched a lot of how it worked and did a a whole lot of reworks 2.0 came out uh i I would argue that adding loot boxes to the game was a backward step (laughs) in it but you know Overwatch came out and loot boxes became the new hot topic. So, yeah, really good. Love it. it. It's I mean, I still play it occasionally even though it is never getting updated ever again. Um there is one dev apparently that still works on it on their free time like maybe 2 hours a week or a month. There you go. Who knows. <laughs> but um yeah, kind of sad that we didn't get to see some of the uh, leaked upcoming heroes that would have been i know ashara was on the list and that would have been cool the uh, oh god the uh overmind from starcraft would have been cool um any of the other angels or demons would have been neat to have but at least i was always i was always hopeful for belial to show up because the day that they released like they announced belial we all knew that they were going to He's someone completely different and then release belial with no buildup because belial is the lord of lies and he spends the entirety of diablo 3 disguised as someone else until you fight him so would have been great maybe if microsoft actually gets blizzard something will happen but i doubt it
2: that would be cool all right well let's move on to a special shout out each panel is going to give a special shout out to anyone or anything of their choice from the world of video games and provide a quick reason why it's like someone's getting this attention. I sort of talked about this earlier, but a special shout out to Square Enix for seemingly always doing a ton of good DLC for their games. A lot of the DLC you see these days is just tacked on bullshit all too often, but Square Enix really seems to put a lot of effort into their DLC. It's always pretty much quite different from the main game, and there's a lot of content there. So good on you, Square. Appreciate it. Paul, your special shout out.
0: My special shout-out today is to Mark Zuckerberg's Metaverse Avatar. Mark Zuckerberg's Metaverse Avatar. Beautiful eyelashes, uh, more emotion than he's ever had in real life. Uh, And uh, gosh, he looks beautiful in front of that Eiffel Tower.
2: Nice job, team. God, that photo from the Eiffel Tower is
0: fucking insane. Sweet baby Rays. Sweet baby (laughs) Rays.
2: Josh, your special shout-out.
3: Golly, I just got distracted so bad with the sweet baby Ray's comment. It just takes me out every time. Shit. Oh no. <laughs> I had a wonderful special shout out lined up and now I can't remember it. Zuck stole it. He's gonna post it. Now. Zuck really did steal it. You know what? Then fuck it. Shout out to that shitty metaverse. It <laughs> I, I'm sure I would look like complete dog shit in the metaverse. So shout out to me in the metaverse. I think you look beautiful in it. You keep your head high, King. You keep your head high.
2: Special shout out, Mike.
1: Oh, I'm getting shout-out? Thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> lovely. <laughs> uh, my special shout-out is to the one and only Jeff Kaplan. I'm sorry yeah. that we'll never see your vision of Overwatch 2 ever.
2: He really kind of disappeared off the face of the planet.
1: I
0: wonder why. was something <laughs> going on. I don't know.
2: Yeah, yeah. I wonder if we'll ever hear from him again. All right, well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Ma- Group.
0: Matt, you didn't have a special shout-out, did you? I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah just uh, well, first to go. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> Just cut this part out.
2: <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us here on the Game Grooves Podcast, the all-encompassing weekly gaming podcast from us, Good Night Grooves. If you really like the show, we encourage you to check out the Patreon at patreon.com. So Goodnight Good Night Grooves. We have two different tiers available. Any and all support is greatly appreciated, and it's going to go a long way in improving everything here good I agree. The $3 tier though, most importantly, the $3 tier is going to get you access to the show 2 days early. But we do want to give a special shout out to our Matt. Honor- yeah.
0: Oh. I thought we changed the Patreon a little bit because as far as I was as far as I was concerned, we changed it so there is a $3 tier. Yeah. Um but it's now a loot box. Yeah. I was pretty sure. So yeah. you can get the $3 tier and then you might get the podcast two you days might early. Get it early you might get it at the same time um but there might be um there might be some sound effects in there that you may not yeah. notice before um you might get a jpeg Ooh. that you can just like post wherever you want it's your jpeg it's not an ft yeah. just a jpeg we, yeah. we took it off i don't know reddit yeah. um or the best one i think i don't know you get to give us more money
2: yeah you could do yeah. that and if you do give us more money, you get a special shout out because these are our honorary groups supporting us in the $5 plus tier of the kingdom. <laughs> That's Andre D, Cole T, Derek versus the world, James B, James S, and Jeremy R, the Renner himself. A round of applause for them, please.
0: Haley Steinfeld herself. Woo!
2: We also asked that you take A couple minutes that's all it takes a couple minutes drop a five-star review on apple podcast and spotify it'll help us i promise you that
0: matt you know they won't fucking do it mike's being or matt's being generous here too with these yeah. two minutes he's being nice he's like oh it'll take you two minutes you know take two minutes out of your day yep. it takes two fucking seconds <laughs> if you're on spotify right now listening to this scroll like Scroll like a, I don't even know, a millimeter of your thumb (laughs) and press one more time on the five. Yeah. Jackass.
2: (laughs) Make sure to check out goodnightgroups.com for all of the content where you're going to find this podcast, (laughs) Southern frog Groups, game reviews, and more.
0: And enjoy it while you're blasted. (laughs) Apparently.
2: (laughs) On the website, you're going to find a link to the community discord. We can hang out with everyone get the quickest updates and chat with us on a daily basis and i do want to say this is going to be too late for the youtube release but for episode 100 before may 22nd if you go into the Groove content discussion channel of the discord go in there post your top 10 games of all time and you'll be added into our our list of the top 100 we're going to take everyone's list put them together shuffle them together weight the scores come out with the top 100 games of all time and that's going to be episode 100 but that has to be in there by may 22nd because we will be recording on may 23rd for that episode so get that in we would love to have you participate in that with us but before we get out of here guys do we have any final thoughts
0: change two letters around in discord and you get dick sword
2: that'll do it for us here today gentlemen thank you for joining me take care everyone
0: Dick sword.